Hello, and welcome to What the Denmark, the show that explains things that seem peculiar as an outsider in Denmark. I'm Sam. And I'm Josefina. Each episode, we'll discuss a new topic, talk to experts, and try to understand why something so normal in Denmark is confusing to foreigners. Despite living abroad for many years, I'll be giving the inside view of Danish culture. And as you can probably tell from my accents, I'm originally from the UK, and so we'll be giving the outsider view of the country. Our ultimate goal is to resolve cultural confusion in Denmark. This show is just one part of that mission, and so stick around to the end to hear about how you too can be involved. This week we are talking about Danish humour. There seems to be a sense of pride in Denmark about the country's dry sense of humour. Non-Danes often comment that it can be difficult to get Danish irony, and are often left blank-faced whilst a group of Danes will break out in laughter. For this episode, what the Denmark researcher Eske Knustrup has been digging into why Danish humour is so confusing to outsiders. We talk about his interviews with two leading academics on the history, science and social significance of Danish humour as well as instances when we've experienced Danish humour and the times it gets misinterpreted. So without any further ado, let's get started with the show. Uh, so Asker, w- w- welcome to the studio. Um, Thank so, you. So you've been doing some uh, some research on Danish humour. I did, yeah. It was very interesting. Yeah, how, how was it? So how did you how did you go about this whole research process? Well, basically I set out to find people that knew more about humour than I do. Um, so I have my ideas and thoughts about Danish humor, but there are, turns out that there are some people who have been working a bit more closely on the subject than me. What was one of the things that surprised you most? I think what's really interesting about it all is how entrenched Danish humor actually is in the way we are as a society. Hmm. What would you mean by that? I mean the the way Danish people use humor is actually quite a quite good of a reflection of how we act uh not just when we joke but but the way we meet people in general. Hmm. Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing all about it. I'm sure we're going to go into a lot of it. Yeah, let's get started. <laughs> In order to get a grasp of the characteristics of Danish humour, what has shaped it and why it may be hard for non-Danes to understand, I set out to speak with two experts who've been working extensively with Danish humour. The first person I spoke with was Mette Müller. My name is is Mette Müller and I have a PhD in in rhetoric and humour. Mette Müller now works in an HR and communications position at a Scandinavian company based in Copenhagen. She still teaches in rhetoric and humor from time to time. The other expert on today's show is Lita Lundqvist. I've been working at the Copenhagen Business School for more than 40 years, or mainly as a linguist. Ten years ago, I moved from the Department of Linguistics to the Department of Business and Politics. Since then, Lita Lundqvist has written books and conducted research on Danish humor and how Danes use humor in the workplace. Her latest book, Humor Socialization, Why Are the Danes Not As Funny As They Think, came out in 2020. Before we start doing the deep dive into the intricacies of Danish humor, we should just try and define the overall 
basic characteristics of it all? I, I would definitely start with irony um, and self-irony. That's what we do a lot in Denmark. Uh, we are we we talk about something, um, or you could say that we negate ourselves, or we would say. A typical example is that Danish people talk a lot about the weather. Uh, and I think in general, we talk a lot about the things that we complain about. <laughs> and then we also joke about it. So a typical thing would be to say, ah, great weather today when it's raining or when it's really windy or when you come in the door dripping with the rain from your clothes and hair. This, I think, would not be so hard to understand that this is irony because obviously you're wet and you you don't look very happy. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it's the same thing that we do in, in many other cases where we kind of make fun of something that is um, that, that we're not very happy about. So irony, self-depreciation and sarcasm are all very important aspects to keep in mind when dealing with Danes. After all, as some of our listeners may have noticed uh, when encountering Danes, we may seem shy and apprehensive at first, but often it only requires the smallest opening before we make a sarcastic comment or an ironic joke. It may not even be funny, we just can't help ourselves. And that is another characteristic of Danes and Danish humor, according to Lita Lundqvist. There's one thing which is very particular about Danes, which I found out in my interviews with the Danes and the other persons too, and that is that Danes use the same humor in private life as they do in professional life. They don't distinguish. It's the same kind of humor. Uh, That's very different from, for instance, German people and French people because they tend, at least when they start working in an international uh, firm or wherever it is, they tend to be more formal when at work. Mm. They are more careful not to transcend, not to be too private. Whereas Danes are very private uh, in both settings, if you understand me. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a very important distinction. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh non-Danes, as I call them, that is people from other countries, that they at their working place can be very uh surprised, to say it mildly, when Danes they just are very direct in their uh reactions and in their use of humor, which is not conceived as humor by the others because they don't expect it in that context. And Lita has an example from her own research showing just how outspoken Danish people can sometimes be. He was a French person. He was working at a Danish research institution. He was married and lived in Denmark. He had been living in Denmark with his French wife and child for seven years. And one of his colleagues, Danish colleagues, asked him at lunchtime in the, in the office or the institute, why don't you learn Danish, actually? Why don't you speak Danish? And the French said, it's because the language school course was full. I couldn't get in. And then the Danes said, okay, then then you should divorce and marry a Danish woman. And this French person, he got, he told me this story, and he was still, it was two years after the event, he was still so frustrated. And he said, 
he felt so offended, he was frustrated, and he was still traumatized about Danish humor two years ago. He didn't know how to react. And he was offended that, I think, that the Dane referred to his private life. Remember I said that French distinguished private life from professional life. And he just, the Dane just uh, bluntly uh, mentioned that. For a Dane, there would have been no doubt that this was meant for fun. Sounds pretty interesting, wasn't it, Josephine? That was super interesting. I could just imagine the situation. This dude was obviously trying to have a bit of a laugh and, and make a sarcastic joke. And it was it was meant in a friendly way. And this poor French person has been really offended and upset. I think what's interesting is, so as, as an English person, I also found that really funny. And I can totally, I can totally get how. Oh, that's that's a really funny thing that this person said. Um, it actually reminds me. I had this experience going to a physio, and it was the first time I visited this physio. Went and sat down on the on the bed thing, and he was like doing some deep seated like massage, and he basically like had his elbow into my groin or something, and I was just like writhing in agony. Um, but by this point, by this point, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> that sounds horrific. I shouldn't yeah. laugh at that, but that's very Danish that you laugh at pain. Yeah. Um, so by this point, we'd sort of sussed each other out a little bit. He'd sort of said, you know, what team do you support? But you know, we'd sort of kind of bit of bit of laughter. And anyway, I was there, and this one like really, like really got in the groin, and um, and I was clearly like in a lot of pain. And he was like, "Look, I'm sorry, mate. I've got to do it now. Otherwise, I need to go home and beat up my kids." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> and I found this really funny but I was just like oh my god if I didn't get Danish humor I was like who is this madman <laughs> anyway I feel like that joke is on the extreme end of yeah. the specter as well yeah he, he definitely he, 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 yeah I could see that he was a little bit cautious of saying but he just like went straight in for it and he couldn't like, help himself couldn't, couldn't help himself but that's basically the very danish way and i suppose it's a compliment to you because it means that basically he believed that you were in the same space and you could laugh together mm. in fact humor is meant to unite people and mm. and you do it in order to meet each other and and get to know each other so yeah take it as a compliment that he beat you up <laughs> and not his children yeah i i found Another very interesting part of what uh, Lita says about bringing the using the same kind of humor in your private life as well as professionally. Every time I've been working um, in an international workplace, for example with Americans, I am a very deadpan person. And when I come into work, I have the same deadpan demeanor. And they always... Uh, I'm a bit freaked out about it because they don't know whether I'm serious or not. Whether is, is there an example of something where you, you might? Um, say something? I can't recall like a specific example. I just remember uh, American people commenting on it uh, a lot. That 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 the way I I meet them and the way I answer their questions, they can't really tell whether I'm serious or not because I deliver everything in the same tone when I'm joking as well, when I'm speaking plainly. Well, I think we, we, we might come on to this a little bit later, but um, there was this uh, this book that I've been reading as research for doing this show uh, called The Culture Map. And it, it talks about how different societies or different, different cultures, basically how they communicate. And one thing which they say in particular is the sense of sarcasm. And sarcasm only works 
if I know that you know that I'm joking. So when the person said, um, you know, I think you should divorce your wife and marry a Dane, that's only funny if both parties know that it's a joke. And the reason that you can do that thing of, I know that you know that I'm joking, is when there's a shared understanding. So in Denmark, relatively homogenous society, lots of people have been living here for hundreds of years. So you kind of know that if I'm in this situation and I make a joke about someone's divorcing their wife, it's obviously a joke. If you go to countries like America, where it's a real like melting pot of people from lots of different cultures, there's not that sort of uh, cultural background, that, that shared cultural understanding. It, it's not obvious that you can make these things which sort of have this underlying meaning. And so in, in America, in general terms, you find people have to say, oh no, I'm only joking. Or you have to sort of qualify, you have to be a bit more literal in your humour because you can't rely on that shared understanding because people don't have hundreds of years of shared cultural understanding. While the characteristics of Danish humour may not be so surprising to most of us, there is a good explanation behind all this ironic madness. According to Meta Müller, one reason is deeply rooted in Danish society and our history of social democratism. Because everyone is usually treated as equals, being ironic towards yourself and others can function as a way to embrace being on the same level with the people you're speaking with. Another important aspect in understanding Danish humor is to look at the sacred position held by freedom of speech in our society. This also means that we have the freedom to make fun of whatever we want, based, I mean, within limits, of course, but to quite a, a, a wide extent. So no one goes clear. We can make fun of religion. We, we make fun of our queen. We make fun of politicians. In that sense, it's quite straightforward, you could say. So I think having freedom of speech also means to have the freedom to, to joke. And, and I think that's part of the way we understand ourselves as a, as a free people. <laughs> However, while Danish people believe that you should be able to say what you like, you better not be bragging. Boasting about your own success can easily result in an express ticket to a place where Danish people will try to pick you down as quickly as possible. This instant reaction is usually connected to something called Yandelon, or in English, the law of Yente. Despite not being an actual law, Yandelon plays an important part in Danish culture. It originates from a 1930s novel by the Danish-Norwegian author Axel Sandemose, and Yandelon consists of ten commandments, the first one being, do not believe that you are anything. And the theory goes that this mindset which Yandelon represents is an important part of Danish society as well as the humor in Denmark. The Yandelow is, well, it, it dictates that you should not feel better than anyone, that you should not feel special or whatever it says. And uh, and that's the same thing we do with humor. Humor is a, is a brilliant uh, instrument to discipline others. And the theory is that when you laugh at someone, you are also, with your laughter, um, deriding them maybe even or you're actually you're putting them down a little bit you are signaling that that was not right that was not within the norms Mm. so laughter can be very um, 
effective at changing people's um, way of acting, and that fits well with the gender law that you that you are um, perhaps um, making fun of someone to show them, yeah, you know, you know better than me. While the idea of gender law dictating Danish humor may not sound so pleasant, Lita Lundqvist comes to our rescue with a metaphor that makes everything sound much more appealing. Of course, this is a very broad generalization, but still it tells a lot about uh, Danish people. That we have this mentality of a campfire. We are sitting around the same fire, on the ground, at the same level, equality. No one is higher than the others. We sit and we look into the fire. We are having a very cozy time. Hugelit is very linked to the concept of hugelit, hugelitu. And we are sitting and singing and drinking beer or tea or whatever. And we are looking at each other into the circle, being together with each other and turning the back to the world outside. So that is also linked to this notion of trust, which people, sociologists say, uh, characterize things, that they have a big trust to each other, to the government, to etc. etc. So in a, an atmosphere of trust uh, and complicity, you can use humor, uh, you can use irony, because you know that the others will understand that it is irony. Well, I don't know about you, Josephine, that felt like there was lots to unpack in what was just sort of said there. I think that the one thing that got me was this idea of um, sort of knocking each other down or sort of getting everybody on the same on the same level. Would you, would you say that? Yes. And I also think what was really interesting is the trust, because I think you can say outrageous things if you all trust that, you know, we are on the same level and um, and that we deep down care about each other. Mm. So... And that's basically then translate both into the professional and private sphere that uh, there is that extreme level of of trust that allows you to to say outrageous things. Really, mm. I'm curious. Is there is the the studies that Leith has been doing or, or Meta has been saying this sort of comes from a socialist um, society almost? I'm curious. Has the, have there been other countries that have a similar sort of view or similar style of humor um like meta for example spoke to me about how she has some scandinavian colleagues uh from sweden and and norway and to a certain extent they share a lot of the same humor but her experience her own experience at least was that the danish ones were even we were even more fond of saying outrageous things i once wrote an article about the former East Germans' obsession with the Danish Olsenbander films, because Olsenbander is this huge Danish comedy that uh, ran all the way from the 70s up through the 80s. And when I wrote that article, I spoke to a a German expert, and a lot of uh, the reason why it was so popular in Eastern Germany was because the humor spoke to the Eastern Germanys as well, the whole thing that they never succeeded in the films, the whole thing about even though you have huge aspirations, you will never reach your goals, which is basically the whole gist of the Olsen Bandit films. And that really spoke to the the Eastern Germans. Um, so I can 
I can only guess, and and from my when I have spoken with German people, I used to live in uh, Berlin. When I have spoken to German people, a lot of them have the sort of same humor as Danish people. It's very dry often, and 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 also very sarcastic and dark. Actually, the Germans have quite a dark sense of humor. I know my my husband, who is English, works with quite a few Germans and he actually always has to ask was that a joke and was that a German joke I hear him ask because basically it, it comes across as very dark and you almost need to 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 ask about it otherwise you won't get it mm. no, okay and and so this um the I'm, I'm curious so this this idea of uh the the Olsen band they, so they always go off on it and they never quite get it I can see how that fits into this whole like Yantilong aspect of you know, you're not better than anyone. I can imagine that a, an American audience might find that very frustrating. That you're watching this film, they go on from this big quest, and you kind of want to see them get the, you know, win the victory or something. And actually, sort of taking comfort in, oh, actually, you know, we didn't succeed, but we're all in it together, and we can sort of go back home, and, and everyone's sort of together. Yeah, and again. and another point of the Olsen band of films is that they are these uh, small time criminals, sort of going up against. The rich people, uh, the the ones who have all the money. So so that also speaks into the whole Yandelo kind of thing that we kind of want Olsen Band to succeed because we don't really like the rich people, mm. and and that at least uh, translates into is is my experience how Danish people really don't like when other people are bragging as Mette spoke of. I'm interested in this idea of the um, being outrageous and this idea of you can kind of, like one of the things that Meta said was, you know, no one is no one is spared you know you can make jokes about the queen about the politicians i mean i think i've heard this what was the it was denmark that had the things with the Mohammed. i was cartoons. just about to mention yeah. that the Mohammed cartoons are such a good example yeah. of humor gone terribly wrong abroad because it was a really really good example of danish humor and the way that we i mean nothing uh can escape Danish humor, whether it's religion and politics, and it's a way of celebrating our democracy and debating issues in Denmark. And everything is up for grabs. We will debate anything. And obviously here it was Islam and it was terrorism that was up for debate. And it was obviously misunderstood by uh, by the international community. And uh, we ended up with a crisis where people died across the world due to this. Terrible. A Danish newspaper has apologised for offending Muslims over its printing of a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad five years ago. It's five suspected Islamist militants have been arrested for allegedly planning a gun attack in Copenhagen. Their target was the office of the newspaper that printed the controversial cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad five years ago. The deadly assault on the offices of Charlie Hebdo in Paris is the latest in a long series of threats, plots, and attacks in response to controversial cartoons. It's a globalized world now, so basically I suppose Danes have to be very much aware that things could be misunderstood. Plus we have some communities living in Denmark that could misunderstand these quite extreme, sarcastic um, 
inputs from Danish society. So it, it, it seems it seems there's also almost maybe not a pride, but like the, okay, maybe pride is the word. This idea of like really pushing the boundaries and like what can we get away with, or like what is the most outrageous thing that we can do, which I can imagine that other people from other countries might sort of just settle for I don't know making a making a less extreme version of a joke but is that do you think do you feel there's something in the Danish psyche that gets a kick out of really pushing the boundaries of, of where you can go with a joke definitely um <laughs> like it's it's a debate that comes up time and time again not necessarily regarding humor but just what you can say in general and and there's really clashes going on uh in Denmark and in the the public debate these these years and it's showing more and more because we are getting influenced by the debate in in other countries as as well as well as as how other people view it and and some people believe that we should be more tolerant towards others and sort of dampen ourselves a bit uh slow down on on some of the most extreme versions of the humor while others think that they are in their own right to uh do whichever kind of joke they they like because it's it's just for the laughs. And and is, is this it basically boils down to freedom of speech. Like I I should be allowed to say anything I want because that is my right versus maybe we should self censor or we need more censorship. It's testing it, isn't it? Yeah. You constantly test what your democracy allows you to do and that it does allow you to do everything freedom of speech through humor. You would mm. test it all the time and obviously you constantly pressure test something that is so important to you as a democracy. I think that's what actually the Danes are doing without thinking much about it. And that's exactly what happened with the Mohammed cartoons, mm. that we tested it. We tested how, I mean, we should be allowed to have freedom of speech and say everything. And therefore, we are now going to test it through this. And um, obviously, that was a very interesting test that went mm. um across the world as as a discussion about where are the limits, even to France, where they mm. have a very different humor, where they but where they understood this particular debate very well. Mm. As mentioned during her introduction, Lita Lundqvist released a book last year, Humor Socialization, Why Are the Danes Not As Funny As They Think? in which she introduces the concept of humor socialization. Basically, the theory says that our humor is created and shaped during the multitude of encounters we have in our lives, from our family early on, through school, and later on in the workplace. Because Denmark is a small and homogeneous country not too influenced by other cultures, the humor socialization process is similar for many Danish people. According to Lita Lundqvist, all these individual socialization experiences eventually lead to the creation of a so-called great humor, which becomes a big part of the way we approach life. What this means is that if you're not familiar with Danish customs and traditions, then you're naturally bound to have a harder time understanding Danish humor. Even then, it may be difficult because of the language barrier. While many Danish people can speak perfectly serviceable English, there are a lot of little Danish words, often adverbs, which we use all the time in our everyday language. 
Most of them are not easily applied or translated into English. Like jo, mun, vist, vil, blot, etc. And as it turns out, these words are super, super important when it comes to joking in Danish or understanding irony. Without the use of these words, we will not be on common ground if I make a joke in English, because my translation will naturally erase them from the sentence, and you will have a hard time knowing that I'm joking. So um, the idea of humor being used as socialization, and these ideas are just the little, the little bits that get imparted by you, these small, small bit pieces of humor that accumulate over your whole life, actually that then adds up to a whole national humor theory or that adds up to a whole um, identity of how, a, of how a nation views itself. That's sort of the, the crux of what Lita's saying in that. Yeah, basically it's just that from the moment you're, you're born or at least from the moment you start understanding whatever people are telling you, you develop your own sense of humor. And since we are a very homogeneous society, it's a lot of the same influences that, that sort of creates the, the whole idea of the Danish great humor, the great humor that Lita speaks of. So the word infostol is basically what Danish humor is, and it explains everything. And it basically, infostol means that we all understand within that context what this means and what this realm mm. allows you to do. Um, and so that's what our humor is. It's infostol. We all get it. And now the experts say that that's because we're a very small country. We've been around each other for hundreds of years with very little input from abroad. Now, obviously, we are turning into a more global society in a global world. But this infrastructure-ness is basically extremely important to understand, to understanding Danish humor, because it's all about understanding exactly what we're all about and understanding and having a real feel of what is acceptable, what's not, how we relate to each other. Mm. And that's why it's so difficult for a foreigner to come in here and, and understand what's sarcasm, what's not. Because you you'd kind of need that whole cultural background to yeah. get it. And a very like a very important point that Lita makes is that these small words, yo, mun, nok, vist, actually goes very far into creating this infrastructure-ness because when I use the words like that, then I create a sort of a connection between the, the person that I'm speaking with. I I sort of imply that you know what I'm saying when I say you. Yeah. So so it's 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 a very small word, but it's it's super important in, in terms of not just humor actually, but just in terms of how Danes communicate in general, all these small words. While talking to both Lita and Metamula and doing research for this episode, a thought occurred in my head, something which I haven't thought much about before. Should I and other Danes with me be concerned about foreigners not understanding my dry sense of humor? Metamula says that maybe I should not be concerned, but at least I should be aware of the differences. It kind of depends on who you meet and, and where they're from and what is the point of this meeting but but the, obviously the more it seems like you're you're only joking with a danish person and not to include anyone else then yeah you will exclude someone i think in today's society which is becoming more and more globalized uh, 
you have to take this into account that humor is a factor where you can really uh, exclude someone or mm. or be, be misunderstood. And for you non-Danish listeners, hopefully the deduction that we've done so far has helped in easing your worries regarding the colleagues who cannot help themselves from being ironic when you meet them. If you're still bewildered, Metamula encourages you to ask for help. However, you should probably brace yourself for a sarcastic comment or two while doing so. And then I would say that Danish people, I, I hope that they also are aware of of um, the difficulties that are in coming into a cultural humor that mm. may be a bit more special than other kinds mm. of humor. <laughs> and I think that that definitely feels that as as a non-Dane who is often, you know, might, let's say, you know, go, go to the bar, come back to the table, when Danish friends are continuing to, they've switched to Danish and having a laugh and having a joke. Uh, I think we, we spoke about this before in the, the Making Friends episode where um, it, it's really obvious when a non-Dane or someone who doesn't speak Danish is being excluded or feels excluded because it's a different language. Like if that situation was to happen in England and everybody understood English, I could still kind of pretend to myself that everyone is still you know, doing the joke and I could easily jump in on something because I've sort of heard what's going on. But here it's very clear, like, vroom, like here is a war. We are talking Danish. Vroom, war comes up. Okay, now I'll switch to English and we'll include you. Um, and yeah, I d- yeah. so I, I sort of get the asking for advice, but I do see how that really does sort of change the dynamic of, of those conversations and things. Of course, it's it's always difficult asking other people for advice. It's never nice. I mean, you would always prefer that you just knew what was going on. But I think if we don't have to take uh, medicine as, as, as advice, as, as uh, gospel, then we can just, at least for my sake, try and be a bit more aware when I'm speaking with non-Danish people, whether I'm joking or not. I can still do the jokes that I that I want to do, but just be aware whether they they get it or not. I will never say I'm just joking, but at least then I know for the next time that, okay, maybe I just need to say a bit, elaborate a bit more on the joke that I'm making. Yeah. And I think that just... And a piece of advice to foreigners coming into Denmark is if people, they say something really weird um, that is potentially a joke, then I think one should see it as a compliment because it basically means that you expect you as part of the inner circle and you're bringing them into your humor. Um, and and that is actually a compliment. So when your physio mm. <laughs> says that they're going to beat you up instead of instead of beating up their kids, actually it's meant in a humoristic and kind way bringing you in in their inner circle making you feel that you are in a in a special space which is where we share our humor i mean if if we look at the campfire mentality thing uh, in, in in terms of that then joking with someone is actually an invite to come and sit by the campfire which why w- wouldn't you sit by the campfire it's nice the the fire makes us all look beautiful we have beer we have tea whatever come and join us so a joke is often an invite it can of course be exclusionary as well on this point um 
as I said, I'm, I'm sort of on this this sort of rather slow journey of trying to learn Danish. And so as part of this, I thought I'd prepare a couple of jokes in Danish. So can you please put on your sympathetic hats? We'll do our very best. Okay. And you will also try and translate it into English. So this is Sam's English-Danish joke. English-Danish joke. Okay. Gosh, okay. For no and pirat mest glow. Hvornår er en pirat mest glow? Mest glow. Hvornår er en pirat mest glow? Okay, yeah, so when when is a pirate most happy? Når han er i seng med sin skat. Når han er i seng med sin skat. Really well done. Yeah, okay, oh right. my goodness, I haven't heard that. It, it fits very well yeah. into sort of the, the rhythm of our jokes. Yeah. But, um, so is that when, when he's in, in bed with his scat, and mm. scat means both treasure and like... We call each other treasure, like love or, or darling. Or, or honey. So like with his, um, his yeah, his theories. The point of everything that we've spoken about, that uh, Lita Lundqvist and Meta Müller have spoken of as well, is that you have to remember uh, or that Danish humor, we are private everywhere. Uh, we, we, we act like the, the people that we just met, that we can tell anything to them because I just met a lot of you guys, but I still feel that we can uh, do a lot of jokes together because we are in the same room and I think that's a very Danish thing to do and we and you could do any kind of joke with me and I would f- almost certainly find it acceptable because we are in this shared place together and I, I, I think that's one thing to, to keep in mind when, when encountering Danish people is that they really if they are joking it's really as we've said time and, and again today it's it's a compliment to you it's an invite to keep going having this conversation or keep on joking together so i think you're spot on Aska, and i think that the thing for for non-danes to perhaps realize or to keep in mind is the simplest way to try and be funny with danes is to say the opposite so if it's raining outside say isn't it lovely weather and that's at its base the first step on the road to learning how to be funny in Denmark. Exactly. So that way you uh, know that you're in on the campfire with any Dane. So if you really liked Sam's joke, you can also read it on the website where you can also find other information that was discussed in this episode. Absolutely. We'll be linking to all of Aska's research and as well as a write-up with links to other things about Danish humour. So if you're interested in learning more about the subject, then head over to whatthedenmark.com. And on that note, thanks for tuning in and thank you so much to Hotel Mayfair for letting us do this recording here. Thanks to everyone who has helped in the creation of the episode, including David Doliak, Guki Gunas Shivali, Reke Campbell, Andreas Poulsen, Kevin Mose, and Tevin Sudi. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're still early in our journey of resolving cultural confusion in Denmark and would love for you to join us by subscribing to the show on your podcast app. If you like this episode, please consider telling a friend about it. And you can also head over to www.whatthedenmark.com to receive our newsletter. Thanks for listening. I'm Josefina Volkvarts. And I'm Sam Floyd. I think it's pretty funny with...
actually Olsenbanden, but I just yeah. thought about leave it to the old Eastern Bloc to love movies about planning going wrong. <laughs> yeah. I love it. 